Hey everybody, welcome to Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I am your host, Garrett Callender, and with me as always, the man who is actually in the same room as me this time for the first time in the history of the podcast, Derek Halpin. I could reach out and touch the man. I'm going to reach out and touch you right now. Uh, can you believe this shit? We're in the same fucking place at the same time now? I know. Can you, did most of you people even know we weren't in the same place other they, than we told you that once? Yeah, we told them once and they probably didn't think about it because we've done a good job of hiding that fact. Yeah, I think I think we've hidden it well. But guess what? I'm here. We're gonna do this. Uh, we just went to an AAW show tonight. We also went to the Pro Wrestling Tees Store to meet uh, Naito. It's been a big day for us. A big day of pro wrestling. It's been a long, productive day for pro wrestling, and uh, we're home, and we're here to kind of give you guys the recap on how the day went, um, how the signing or the meet and greet went, and how the show went, and uh, long night uh, at uh, Logan Logan Square Auditorium. Long night, but a good night. Hit our goddamn music. Like, should we, uh, do we start with, uh, I mean, our day started by going to the pro wrestling tea shop. Uh, that was my first time going there. We went there to meet Naito. Yeah. Um, this was your idea. You had, you'd gone out of your way to go buy a ticket to go see uh, Tetsuya Naito. And, uh, I went along, um, we met some cool people at the, uh, at the uh, signing and, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was just kind of excited to get you in the store for the first time too. I mean, that was a, that was a whole thing on on, like on its own. Oh, I mean, that was a place I would have gone regardless of him being there. Right. Uh, cause it's, they sell wrestling shit lots of wrestling, lots of wrestling shit and we're wrestling fans. But uh, yeah, the signing was from noon to two. You had to buy a ticket to get in. They gave you uh, uh, a shirt. The uh, I always fuck up saying it. Los Encobanables. Yeah. No, that sounds good. Does that sound good? That I'm not going to take a crack at it. Somebody's going to be like, you, mu- you, you think did it you, wrong. You, you said it wrong. You think They're you know. They're not real wrestling that- fans. <laughs> at this point, we are recording this at like 1.30 in the morning after a, a long night. Give you, like, I don't have the shirt in front of me. Give me a break, man. But yeah, we got there. Uh, line was... Like it wasn't down the bad. Street. We were outside. It was cold, but it wasn't bad. Um, I think I was uh, thinking about this a little while ago, actually. Uh, I think we actually spent more time in line inside than we did in line outside. Which so. was which was nice. I uh, I did wear the New Japan track suit. I felt like it was appropriate. I needed to wear that. You if I'm going to meet him, I had to put it on. You were turning some heads, man. Yeah, I know. That's a, It's a flashy piece of wrestling clothing. You were complimented uh, a couple times on it, I think. It's it is a little uncomfortable as a as a man who just typically wears wrestling t shirts and jeans anyway, you know I I usually don't get compliments on those. Well, you stood out today, and you walk up there to meet Naito. You get your you get your your Wrestle Kingdom program signed. That if and you, that if you recall, Hangman Page did not sign a few weeks Hangman ago. Pan, Hangman Page is a good man, and he didn't sign it. Appreciate it, Hangman. And Naito points out the fact that you are wearing. The New Japan tracksuit. Yes. And, and you, I think he put it together after you asked him to sign the program, and then he saw what you were wearing, and I was like, oh, you were Wrestle Kingdom. And, and you're like, yes. He was a lot more smiley than I would have expected. 
Uh, unlike Dalton Castle, who's in character the whole time, Nido not in character when he's sitting at the table signing. Like pretty nice, smiling, stands up to get in the picture immediately. Nice guy. Immediately in character for the picture, like holding the eye open, but then immediately smiling and saying thank you. Yeah. Like, I I mean, you know, our interaction with him was... It was brief, but again, how, we didn't know how much English the guy could speak, and obviously we didn't have enough, like, enough time to have like a full-fledged conversation, but I don't know, it was nice to us. You got, we got our picture taken, which is going to get posted, I guess, probably in the next you've, day or so. I'm guessing you've probably already seen it yeah. at this point. If you're listening to this, it was probably uh, below the link that you clicked to get to this. Yep. But, you know, that store was really cool. Um, as far as it, I mean, it's cool that a, a store exists that pretty much only sells indie wrestling shit. I mean, there's some Stone Cold in there. There's Legends. There's Legends. But for the most part, like, if you walked in, you'd be like, holy shit, there is a Bullet Club store. It's basically a Bullet Club store for the most part. It's like, do you want a Bullet Club shirt that has the Chicago flag Punk, in it? Yeah, I it, guess. I don't know. That's a pretty cool story. And then also uh, they had a spot where you could actually go if the shirt you wanted wasn't in stock. You could find it online, order it, and have it printed while you were in the store. Yeah, uh, there's you have a lot of options while you're in there, and uh, it's I think it's just, I think it's super cool that um, One Hour Tees was getting to a point where they realized probably a good chunk of their business was going to pro wrestling fans buying tees from them. So they were like, "Well, fuck it, if that's what we're doing anyway, we might as well have a little store connected." And uh, well, what's funny is there's even a spot where like you can tell who was using that store the most because there's a thing that says. A door that says authorized personnel only and Colt Cabana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we but, uh, but Nido made some fucking money today. Yeah. I mean, what do you say about it was, 50, it was, 50, it was 50, bucks 50 bucks for each for the, ticket? Yeah. And you got to figure he's probably taking home at least what, 40 of that? I would guess that it was 40 because uh, at the show tonight that he performed at, it was 40 bucks to get a picture and an autograph. Yeah. And the line today was so long, and then they they sold out of the tickets. But uh, if you showed up, they were gonna let like fifty or sixty people show up at the door and pay sixty bucks. Yeah, at the door to do it. So. Well, here's the thing: I, I it was supposed to be from noon to two. I think, and and we were like in the middle of the line, and we got up to meet him around two fifteen. Oh yeah. By the time we left, that's when the the line was finally getting all the way through. Um. So I mean, it, I mean, clearly he went over, but I think they were kind of prepared for that. But once again, like if I have to wait in a line, I want it to be a wrestling line, right? Because uh, you can talk to anybody about anything. Lots you, to talk about. You, everybody's there for the same thing. And I feel like lately I've just had really good luck with meeting cool people. Yeah, we made some lunch. friends today. Yeah, made some friends. Uh, Met up with actually. them at the show later. Yeah. So I mean. Overall, like that was a good start to the day. Good start to the day. Then we went off to get like a late lunch. Yeah, if you uh, took yeah. you to Devil Dogs, it may uh, pop up on uh, some of our social media. I showed Garrett a place to get a good chicken sandwich. He told me it was the best chicken sandwich he had ever had. And then he proceeds to not get the chicken sandwich that I told him to get. It was pretty good though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that that Devil Dogs they uh, they they fry that away that uh, that is pretty pleasing. It's a hot dog place, but they make a damn good chicken sandwich. Yeah, let's, uh, let's so it starts snowing. That, that's the other part of the story. So he, we go out of our way to go get Naito to sign his program. And we're, we're transporting this program back to my apartment here in the city. And all of a sudden, big snowstorm starts. And my friend here has to hide his Wrestle Kingdom program in his coat. 
Yeah, so me walking around like clutching my pea coat <laughs> like I've stolen something. Like walking through the grocery store was the weirdest part uh, when you went in to go to the ATM. Like, I, I felt like I had stolen something and I looked guilty. Yeah. And the thing is, if and any- you're wearing the tracksuit under your coat. I've got a fucking tracksuit on under a pea coat. <laughs> so if anyone had stopped me and they're like, what do you got under there? And I had to pull it out. Like, I'm trying to decide if that's actually more embarrassing. <laughs> But it's like I'm clutching my prized possession of uh, of, of Naito's signature, which was pretty intricate. It was a good signature. So, so you're walking around in your coat and your tracksuit, and you're wearing your St. Louis Blues stocking cap, and a Blackhawks fan corners you on the street to say nice things for the most part. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that could have gone either way, but I tried to shut it down quick by just, like... You were being positive. I was being positive. Like, I've been, like, I've been on a positivity kick lately, like... New Day? Yeah, <laughs> it's the power of positivity, you know, baby. It is. It's like those bootios get in your system, man, and it just uh, <laughs> it just comes out of you. Ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, we get at lunch. We come back to my apartment. We hang out for a little bit, and then uh, it's time to go to the show. Well, I guess in the meantime, while we're hanging out at my apartment, we're watching some. Oh yeah, we did. Uh, we watched. We did wrestling. watch some wrestling together. You know why? Because that's what we fucking do. We just watch wrestling yeah. all the time. So, That's uh, how we, we kill time yeah. to go do our job. We got to kind of create our own little uh, little card by watching a couple matches you picked first. We watched uh, uh, El Generico versus Kevin Steen at Final Battle. And then we watched uh, Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae against the Young Bucks. Yeah, and a, the Guerrilla Warfare match from, I believe, uh, the pay-per-view, was, or the PWG show was called Eleven. But as far as, uh, I, I, this is hard to believe, I had never seen that Kevin Steen... El Generico final battle match. Pretty pretty good wrap uh, wrap up to a story that they'd been doing for almost a year there, Holy and shit. fucking brutal. I mean, like, and 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 the thing is, I guess Kevin wrote that all down prior to them doing it, like the wait. whole the whole year. So they uh, they uh, Randy Savage steamboated it, I guess, because that isn't that with like WrestleMania three, where Savage and Steamboat had that awesome match, and supposedly they had choreographed the entire match beginning to end. Like nothing that happened was. Oh, I was just telling the whole the whole story. I wasn't even talking the match. Oh, you mean the, the culmination of that match? Was, I mean, that the the final battle match was the end of the the Steen Generico feud there in Ring of Honor. Oh, you you meant like, though like he had yeah Kevin wrote the whole story for the whole year. Like he a, wrote like an arc every of the, match. like a season yes. of a TV series. Yeah, and that was the, that was the like the symphony. I mean that that was their masterpiece was that final show, which was Steen uh, losing. And leaving Ring of Honor. I think the f- most fucked up part <laughs> of that whole match is it is a very bloody match. Like, everybody's busted open. and He's Ke- a he's a bloody demon teddy bear in that match. <laughs> that is a great way to put it. <laughs> he's, uh... Yeah, in the, uh... Yeah, he... That dude's fuckable in the bear community. Like, I, like, I'm sure he is. I, I know some bears that when they see Kevin Steen, they... They're like, oh, he's adorable. They pop. They pop. Not that the kind of pop we're used to, right? Both. Damn. Both. But uh, no, by the he's gushing blood out of his mouth, and it's so dark, and you can see that it's just like pulsing out of him. And by the end of the match, they've wrestled so fucking long <laughs> that they've both stopped bleeding. He uh, put it to you this way: if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube, type in Steen Generico. You'll find it. At some points during the match, he's drawing on himself with his own blood. I think he writes "die" or "kill" on his bicep and then licks it off. Yeah, he he licks he licks Generico's blood off of his palm. Yeah, yeah, he does. So then you're like, "Oh, I got one for you." 
Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't know that. I don't they're pretty good. They're pretty like. good friends. Yeah. Would you drink my blood? You've known me a long time. I think if you got me in front of a bunch of people, <laughs> <laughs> like if there was peer pressure, maybe. Yeah, like it's more of a dare it's, situation. Yeah, I, I think it's different. If we were in the privacy of our own home and you're like, drink my blood, I'd be like, ew, no. But what if it like, but say for a podcast where it's only audio, the only person that's seen it is me. Like you're not really getting anything out no, of that. Like no that's one thinks horrible. But the if there is, if there's like a thousand people in a room saying like, oh shit, is he gonna do it? I'm gonna feel like they don't think I'll do it. I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that you know you're willing to do that for your art form. I'm committed. But you know, you don't. You have don't have to. any bloodborne pathogens, do you? I don't know. Thanks. I don't know. Well, maybe you need to get tested before we do this. I mean, Cowboy Bob bled right into Taker's mouth. Yep. I, were they good enough friends? Like, do you think? <laughs> no, they think, weren't. Do you think in retrospect? No, Taker I, was I'm, like Mark was pissed from what I hear when he found damn, out. He just he bled right all over. What is his voice? He kind of he's kind of southern, right? Mark. Mark or Cowboy. Mark Calloway, Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, actually, earlier today we were having a conversation. About, uh, like, his Undertaker ever pitched just, like, really shitty ideas. Because he's a guy at this point who could probably get away with it, right? He could pitch the worst fucking idea, and they'd be like, come on, Taker. He's like, I've never said no. I've I've never said no. I'm asking for this, Vince. On my way out. I don't even remember what we were saying. Like, he was going to come out on a motorcycle, but dressed as the Undertaker, and his hat's going to fall off, and... I messed. wanted him to ride the motorcycle from Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah. Like, you wanted him to... Yeah, that was going to be silly. Yeah. I'm sure the Undertaker's had some terrible ideas. Maybe he doesn't give a shit. I don't know. It's hard to say what he thinks. He's a company guy. Yeah. He's a, so, com- he's a company so, man. So, so, so company guys usually don't bitch too much. It's like, I've, I've been pretty easy going with this, Vince. I need the Ghost Rider bike. Did you ever hear the story about... Um, <clears throat> Undertaker taping his his hands up before uh, Shawn Michaels versus Steve Austin at WrestleMania 14. No, no, there was there was a lot of suspicion that HBK was going to do some fuckery and try not to lose to Stone Cold at Mania, and you know Taker being the leader of the locker room when they went out for their match, I guess he taped up his wrists and taped up his hands, popped open a chair and then sat right by the gorilla position. And was fully in a like like prepared like if Sean pulls some shit, he's coming through that curtain and getting his ass beat. That's <laughs> and, and so so the story goes as soon as the as soon as Austin hits the stunner and the ref counts the one two three, Mark stood up, took the and tape, took the tape, took the tape off his wrist and went to the hotel. <laughs> I love his position in the company where everybody just kind of accepted. Well, like they always said that they had wrestler court. And Undertaker's the judge of wrestling yeah. court, and that everybody was like, "No, that makes sense." Yeah, he's he's the Undertaker. Well, I guess once or twice they tried to Triple H tried to be the judge for wrestlers. Of course, court. he did, and 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 it was not well received. Yeah, I no shit. <laughs> <laughs> How many times do you think he's pitched that in meetings where he's like, "Hey, I think that um, next week I should be a judge." No, you don't. You don't just get to be the judge. Vince was probably like that's gimmick infringement because he's he's worn the uh, the the judge's robes and had the gavel a couple times. Wait, has Vince been in charge of wrestler court? D- guaranteed not. 
He doesn't even know that wrestler court's happening. That would be not surprising to me at all. He'd be like, what? They're holding secret meetings in the locker room, and I didn't know anything about it? They're trying to unionize. (laughs) (laughs) He just loses his shit. (laughs) God, we were telling the story about Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan's match against the Young Bucks. Because that was the other match we watched before we went to Oh, yeah, we just watched like two brutal, bloody matches. That Guerrilla Warfare match... uh, I did, there's a couple fun spots in it. Too. Oh, Kevin Steen is... Uh, he's on top, commentary. He's on was, commentary. That, I didn't know that going And on. him on commentary is just delightful. Because like what what we were saying about that, it's like he's no longer a heel. He, he's just a fan. He, he represents all of us. <laughs> like hearing him uh, shout at the Young Bucks when they're getting close. Nick. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. Over here. Like, like, like a fan who's really trying to get the attention of their favorite wrestler for way too long. And how uh, there's a moment in it when the Bucks pull out a, a bag of what is presumed to be tax, and when they're not looking, Joey Ryan replaces it with the gummy bears. Yeah, and uh, he ends up getting put onto the gummy bears himself and sells it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had never seen that match before. So that was we both shared uh, a we couple shared favorites. Some stuff. Yeah, we bonded. That's today. the way it's supposed to be. It's yeah. like wrestling Christmas around here. Yeah. It is like wrestling Christmas. I don't know. Like I feel like lately, just been snow, meeting good wrestling people. Uh, making some the, friends. The people we met today, we're gonna meet. I'm gonna meet up with them in New Orleans. Yeah, for Mania. he made some WrestleMania buddies today. Everyone and a uh, little jealous. You got a bunch of people that know. you you, you know across the globe now. I know. Now I'm meeting just at this year's Mania, meeting up with some people from L.A., Chicago, and uh, Australia. Man of the people. Man of the people. Uh, you know, just. You know, you, I have, I know I've said this on here, but wrestling fans, a lot of us don't go outside. I'm doing it for you right now. I'm going outside and going to these things, but you need to go outside and go to these things. Talk to people, have fun, go to these shows. There's nothing better than live wrestling and making friends at wrestling shows. And if for some reason you can't, we're here for you. Yeah. Just keep tweeting at us. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it. So, Uh, so we, we, we do a little intermission here at my apartment watching some wrestling and it's time to go to the show. I had never been to the Logan Square Auditorium here in Chicago before. First time there. And uh, we walk in, and I was blown away. I mean, it was a great setup in there. Yeah, um, I had, I'd only been there one other time. It was for a Crystal Castles concert uh, on New Year's Eve, like, years ago. Uh, but that was not a good representation of what that room <laughs> was going to be like for wrestling. Awesome room for wrestling. I mean, it's a it, kind of just a big ballroom. Yeah. Uh, plenty of space. They had, they you know had a balcony. They had like a what would you call that? Like risers over there in the yeah. back. And then uh, where the stage is there, they actually still had seating on the stage, and the stage is kind of flush with the ring. Yep. So if you end up on that, you have a great view too. There wasn't a bad place to watch a match in the, in, in that room. No, and, uh, uh, that Logan Square Auditorium, great place for that. But one thing I think is really interesting as far as um, like an indie promotion goes. AAW offers a season pass to yeah. the wrestling fans. I would have fucking killed for that at PWG. Yeah. Like, Probably wouldn't have been cheap. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, like, even theirs isn't cheap. But, like, uh, my buddy Metal Dave. Hey, Metal Dave, thanks for helping us get the tickets tonight. And thanks for listening. Yes, and thanks for listening. Uh, Metal Dave is going to join us in the near future to... Uh, tell us about... He got a master's degree recently, and in his, uh, his thesis... He did write about Roman Reigns, so we're going to talk about how he used wrestling in his to get his master's degree. That's going to be one fuck of an episode. Oh, I'm excited for that. 
But uh, Metal Dave does have the season pass, and that means they have the exact same seats every time. They have like second row, and I think he said it was like four hundred and fifty, four hundred and eighty bucks or something yeah. for thirteen shows. And getting same like, seat every time you're in there, knowing same... that you don't have to show up super early, yep. and like you can just go right to your seat. That's perfect. That's convenient. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good crowd tonight too. Like the they did a good job of like if somebody in the crowd was doing some bullshit that they shouldn't. People shut it down pretty quick. One guy tried to start a CM CM Punk chant for like two and a half seconds, and then everyone kind of booed him and shut that shit up. So, yeah, I mean, at indie shows at this point, I mean, you're in Chicago, so it's bound to happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I'm assuming kind of our, our our listeners are gonna be on the same page with us, and maybe I shouldn't. You know, again, I don't really have any outward negative feelings towards CM Punk, but doing a CM Punk chant means n- fucking nothing at this point. And it's just kind of a waste of time. So it is a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what, I, unless that's your way of expressing like displeasure with the product that you're seeing in front of you. But even then that's, there's other ways to do that. <laughs> like other yeah. than his name, but yeah. uh yeah, no, that got shut down really quick. Um, just to like break down a little bit of the venue, like the way the rows are set up, what it was like, probably like five rows deep. Yeah. And then behind, and then like standing a, room behind that standing room, which was very spacious. Yeah, uh, PWG. If you were in the standing area, they put you behind the seats where you're pinned against a wall with a seat in your dick <laughs> or your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but it's just like pinned, and like if you have to go to the bathroom, you're like you're fucking stuck. And with this, like I could have, I could have done some break dancing. Yeah. There was, was there was enough room to move around and people to walk by and and yet you're still you still have that feeling that, that you're right at ringside. That was what oh, yeah. I thought was so cool is that if if well somebody what you were saying there if somebody dies out of the ring a lot of time they'll dive right into like the first and second rows. Okay, like bring thank you for bringing that. Yeah, because I had to ask people about that. Um, I was a little caught off guard with how close the barricades were to the ring. It had to be no more than. F- Five feet, four feet. Yeah, there was like, I mean, we saw a couple tope suicidas, but other than that, like, there's not room for diving uh, or like, you know, doing flips and everything. There's just, there's no space for it. You could really get fucked up on those rails. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't see a lot of like high flying outside of the ring tonight. Now we saw, but we did see a, a very large man. Good God. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of him. This was the first I'd ever heard of this man. We saw a guy wrestle tonight named AC Baby. AC Baby. A C E Y Baby. Baby. <laughs> this, what, what did they say? I mean, they said his weight, but. Wasn't like 450 pounds? That seems high, but it doesn't looking at him. Like Maybe it was. I don't know. I think I would. Let's like, be <laughs> generous and say 400. It was about 400 pounds. The guy was very, very large and in a, a four way, a fatal four way. He was over. He was over. Uh, he got a please come back chance. So I have to see a lot. That's one of the things about going to an indie promotion you've never been to before. You don't know if there's storylines or like guys what that the have prior something history going is. on. Yeah. yeah. So unless you have somebody explain that to you, you're just kind of going in blind and just kind of have to read the crowd. But that match, uh, there was a guy named Paco. Hometown guy. Uh, pretty small guy. Like probably about the size of, I would say like he's not much bigger than Leo Rush. Like maybe a little, but you know, young kid, a uh, huge pop for Paco. Yeah, I mean, an easy way to get you know the crowd behind you is announce where you're from. Yeah, just <laughs> say the words Chicago, Illinois. Who else was in that match? We had AC Baby. Your guy was in that match. 
This guy came out with a really wicked haircut and a scarf. The second I saw this dude, this dude's name, uh, according to Twitter, because I have to look up these names, his name was uh, MJF. And the second I saw him, he just, he had that punchable face. Yep. That punchable heel face that you're just like, There's, this guy dick. never gets to be a baby face. And he just basically spent that whole match just being a piece of shit to everyone in the match. I loved him. Yeah. He was the best. And I believe. Tell, tell him why you love him. I love, well, when he, w- he was announced as, he's better than you and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he definitely has learned from the school of Miz. Yeah, that, that was the thing that stood out to me is when he did come out, you could tell he had taken notes from watching the Miz. Oh, he was, he was good. And then uh, a guy named Hakeem Zayn. Yeah, I thought he was actually pretty athletic too. Uh, um, as far as the guys in the match, I remember him been... being the most athletic. Yeah. Like he was the most like well, you normal tell, sized wrestler. Well, like you could the, tell they were going to base a lot of the stuff that happened in that match around Paco and Hazim. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was yeah Hakim 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 Zayn. Gotcha. Uh, there was a spot in that match that <laughs> I oh, like. Fuck. I wanted to throw up after it happened. So Paco was trying to give AC baby Paco. Let's say. 150, 160 pounds, yeah. definitely 205 live material. Absolutely. Tried to do a Canadian destroyer to Paco. No, Paco tried to do a Canadian... What, who, who did what? Who did what to who? But, like, you know what a Canadian destroyer is. It's yeah. It's like where... They do the flip and they fucking... Okay. Yeah. We have wrestling action figures. I have figures. a couple figures. I uh, feel bad. I feel like I, 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 some of my favorite podcasts, they reenact each other with figures <laughs> to do this. Garrett, Garrett, just, just to be clear, Garrett has my Carlito action figure and my Kevin Owens action figure. So he gets in And here, he's reenacting. And like, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. I just watched two just, figures do a flip. Yeah. Uh, but either way, let's just say 160-pound guy could not get 400-pound guy all the way over. 400-pound guy lands... On top of Paco and bends him in half. Yeah, it's kind of like um, if open a folding chair and then fold it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he 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 pretty well got crushed and uh, he he had pow- to take a breather. Yeah, he powdered for a little bit. <laughs> he uh, he spent a good few minutes just laying on the outside of that ring. Yeah, that wasn't even the first match of the night. That was actually match number two. Uh, do you remember who went over on that one? Oh, Paco. Uh, Paco had to have gone over, right? Yeah, he went over. I don't yeah. remember who he pinned. He may have actually pinned AC Baby. <laughs> he may have gotten his revenge. No, I, th- I thought he pinned uh, uh, Hakeem. Okay, which is surprising. Like, they definitely were the two most active. Yeah, they that's were... what I was getting at. Like, it seemed like they based the match around those two guys, which is fine because they can move. Yeah, the uh, the first match of the night. The opener before the, the match we just got done talking about. was was uh, David Starr. And Eddie, Eddie Kingston, Kingston, which somebody kind of explained to us that in AAW, there was some kind of match and Eddie Kingston had to hand over his career to David Starr. So like he's just like in charge of his career now and he has to do whatever he says. Really? That's what that's what somebody was telling me. But he fought uh, Dave Christ, 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 the uh, OI4K. OK, they're uh, impact guys right now. I know they've started doing PWG since I've left. It too. was a fun opener. Yeah, it was. It was fine. Kingston has some heat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that one, like, honestly, not like a whole bunch to say. After that, though, we got uh, Jeff Cobb and Desmond Xavier. That was that, that was, was a lot of fun. That I mean, 
if you've seen Jeff Cobb, like big Hawaiian guy, uh, former Olympian, like you know when uh, you say you watch wrestling and everybody's like, oh, like collegiate wrestling. Yeah, yeah he did that kind of wrestling, and then first. he did pro wrestling, and then he did pro wrestling. But Jeff Cobb Co- is just a meaty, like beefy motherfucker. He like I've actually only ever seen Cobb is babyface. And tonight he was heel. And as far as I could tell, the only thing that made him heel was he wet his hair. And I actually leaned over to you. I'm like, with wet hair, he kind of looks like a dick. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> they, could, they could keep telling me he was a heel, but like, it's like... It's he didn't like, do anything heelish. In certain, in certain situations, what you, what you find out is that a guy is a heel or a babyface depending upon how much the crowd... He's over with the crowd. Well, he did interfere in that first match, though. Yeah. And he was doing heel shit in the first match. But in this match, he was just a guy wrestling yeah. another guy. I don't uh, know. Desmond Xavier was really good, Well, the too. crowd was behind him. The thing is, it was kind of a both-these-guys type of match. Yeah. But uh, I think there's just something really likable about Jeff Cobb. Like, where you say, like, that MJF guy has a really punchable face. Like, even as a heel, Jeff Cobb just has a face that, like... You feel good about it. Yeah. I had never seen him before. That was your introduction to Correct. him. Correct. He put off a very Samoa Joe type vibe about him. Okay. Like uh, just like not 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 maybe not as far as girth, but he had like a similar like I don't know. He's like a similar build. Yeah, something but, about him is And like I guess like that's kind of the attitude he portrayed tonight, but normally he's just like kind of throwing up the hang looses and well, uh, Joe does those too. He uh yeah, he teams up with uh, Matt Riddle a lot, who's the bro. And they're, they're like team bro. They're pretty good together. But yeah, that was a good match. Uh, let's see. Cobb went over on that one. Then we had, Jesus Christ, the besties. Okay. My favorite. Oh, God. So it's Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett. So a lot of these guys, like I've heard of Davey Vega, but there were a lot of guys I was seeing tonight for the first time or just hearing of for the first time. They seem these guys seem pretty over with the crowd. Uh the crowd AEW crowd, good crowd. Like they were definitely behind their dudes. I'm I'm literally sitting here trying to decide if the besties were my favorite gimmick of the night or DJ Z. Holy shit. We wait till we get to DJ Z. Let's get let's stick to this one. I know, I'm just sitting here because I was about to say, "Oh, that was my favorite part of Well, okay, just to start it off. This was a tag match, the besties uh, they they were the tag champs, and they were going up against uh, Trey Miguel and Stephen Wolf, um, who kind of gave me like a boys vibe, like Dalton a Castle's little bit, boys, yeah. like especially they, like the way their tights were colored, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they had a lady, or the uh, the besties had a lady with them as well that was a bit of tension. Scarlet Bordeaux, Scarlet Bordeaux, yeah. Which we were both a little shocked with uh, with Miss Scarlet. She was uh, she was very uh, scantily clad. Scantily clad, very very revealing choice of wardrobe. It was and very attitude era. It felt that way. Like I, I was I was telling you this earlier. Like I was kind of I I was taken aback. Maybe not necessarily in a negative way, but it had just been it had been so long since I had seen like a valet or a manager wear something that revealing. I was like, Jesus! Oh, I forgot this was part of pro wrestling. Well, it was like, maybe that's naive of me. I well, don't know. I, I I don't I don't think it is as common now. Like to me, like the last one I can think of is Taylor Hendricks right. in Ring of Honor. But I think we're so used to that not being the case anymore. Like yeah, it's women aren't as like not that the women aren't sexy, but they're not like sexualized as much. And she was I wearing mean, she was wearing clothes that. Uh, it was impossible for her to not be sexualized right. in that a little bit. It was right. uh yeah. 
Yeah. Both going silent on. <laughs> <laughs> but they led to uh, a pretty uncomfortable moment a little later in the show. Yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll get we'll back get to, to that. that. But anyway, and it, the uh, the besties went over. Let's see. Awkward awkward interaction between partners because uh, Scarlet Bordeaux was getting the attention of uh, Vega. What 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 was next on That's the? What I'm uh, trying card? to find here. Um, let's see. Kurt Stallion and uh, Jake Wayne Holmes against Colt Cabana and Chuck Taylor. This was fun. That was just, I mean, it was just a fun match. Like, when Chucky e. T coming Ch- out, and then you're, oh, who's he teaming up with? Boom, boom. Boom, boom. There he is. <laughs> no, those two guys just work so well together. Chuck Taylor is one of my favorite wrestlers right now. He's just so funny. Yeah. And he can he can work, but everything he does is just so funny. Like, and it's the way he does it. One of my favorite things he does is, like, when he goes to the top rope and just shouts the word murder before he does a move. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something I wanted to ask you if I could go on a quick tangent. We're talking wrestling. This is what we do on this podcast. One of the things I actually feel like, like a company like WWE doesn't do enough of is the guys in the ring don't talk enough. Yeah. Like, it's something that, like, Kevin does, and there's, like, one or two other guys who, like, shout things or interact with the crowd. Like, I don't understand. WWE, like, doesn't do it. But, like, if you watch a Young Bucks match, the whole time, like, before they, like, super kick somebody, you'll hear them shouting, like, you're dead, and then, like, do it. Yeah. uh, Especially, like, you would need to mic a Chuck Taylor match. Why is that not a thing, do you think? I mean, they've got got cameras from every angle. You know they've got stuff mic'd by the ring, like... And, and it's here. This is the way I've always looked at it. I've never actually worked a match, if you can believe that. <laughs> um, you would think that talking and talking a lot during your match can mask you communicating with your opponent. Because if you're constantly doing it, it doesn't seem out of place when you turn and and you give the next set of you know the next round of shit that you're gonna do. You're right. I, I, is it only? Do you think in WWE it's only because they do talk so much in the ring? I don't like, know. I feel like at these indie shows, I don't like really hear them calling their spots and shit. No. But in WWE, like you catch them doing it a lot. You catch them and calling their spots, but it would it would work well. It would work to their advantage to talk and interact with like whether the fans or your opponent a little bit more. Like I feel like yeah, the only talking you hear is just them bleeping out Kevin Steen shouting <laughs> "fuck" all the time. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just. It was something that I noticed again tonight at another indie show. Where it's just like part of the show is getting to hear them yell things at each other, which makes sense. I mean, if you if you're recreating a fight, you would be saying you would be talking shit to the guy you're trying to kill. But do you think it's uh, like at an indie show you're in an intimate venue where? Chuck Taylor saying something and the whole crowd hears it and is laughing. Well, no, no, I, I totally but, get that not the people in the 300 level aren't going to hear it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't need to happen. It also could be because Randy Orton just doesn't have anything interesting to say. Sure. And why spend the money on a microphone near the ring if you're just going to, I mean. I'm not, I'm not comfortable with how often things come back to Randy not giving a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like. I went to school with his brother. Yeah, you you did you know uh, Nathan Nathan Orton, uh, St. Louis comedian. Yeah, that means Cowboy Bob was in my vicinity, probably helping him move in at some point. In That's college. weird. That's pretty. cool. What questions though. do you have for him? Why'd you do that to Why'd Taker? You have- <laughs> <laughs> That's actually exactly what I was gonna say. Why'd you do it, Bob? Crazy thing. Uh, my buddy uh, Ben Volker 
His dad was a pro wrestler, tag team partner with Cowboy Bob. His name? Also Cowboy Bob. They were the Cowboy Bobs. <laughs> they should call themselves the Cowboy Bob band. That would... But, like, for real, though, like, Randy Orton, at that point, like, he's like, I'm gonna smoke you like my vape pen. I don't know. <laughs> you, but you know what I mean. It was just, like, it's it's just a weird... Rock used to do it. When he would fight Austin, he would shit-talk him in the ring. It's just... I just don't feel like it's a thing you see very much. I don't know. Maybe it's not looked at as tough. Because, like, I feel like a lot of the stuff I'm hearing them say in the ring is in, ends up being funny. And WWE doesn't want to be funny. Or do you think there's not enough guys who know how to do it right? Like, when the, I'm going to get you. I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny when Cena was like, now, Shinsuke. <laughs> now, Shinsuke. <laughs> I was laughing. Or uh, Brock Lesnar going, all right, big man, you got to help me out. <laughs> when he says that to a fucking Braun Strowman to do the Well, do the I, I, I guess technically the most famous one of all time is the Suplex City bitch. And, and technically, I don't think that was supposed to be I, caught. Like, I mean, you were there for it. So you didn't yeah, it. I didn't get to hear it. I saw you tweet about it like after and I was like what does that mean and when I rewatched it when I got home I was in fucking tears <laughs> and that's a moment that I would love to think wasn't scripted I don't think it was and like that Brock he was just really <laughs> fucking into what he was doing he was he's like that maybe was one of the few times that Brock was just like I am having fun yeah suplexing this Samoan he's guy getting paid millions of dollars to be in the main event at Wrestlemania chucking a giant Samoan across the ring and he's like He's not losing. I mean, he's losing his belt, but he's not getting pinned. Like, Suplex City is, like, uh, I think people are getting a little tired of it at this point. The shirt's a little old. but Had a great run. It, Suplex City had a great run. Like, hearing him say Suplex City, bitch, like, I'd listen to Lesnar do 45 minutes of stand-up. <laughs> I'd just listen to... <laughs> put a mic in front of him and tell me what he has to say. Get Lesnar a Netflix special. What am I here for? What do I gotta do? Just... Oh. Just tell stories. Just talk. I'm a dairy farmer. Is he? Yeah. He's out there milking the cows? He's a fucking dairy farmer. Lesnar has layers, man. He's a layer. <laughs> He's an onion. He's, you gotta peel those back, and <laughs> under there is still just a terrifying man. <laughs> All right. So isn't, um, isn't there, like, an awkward thing coming up here pretty yeah, soon? Yeah, and it, this is funny, because to go back on these matches and, like, read them, I'm on AAW's Twitter page, and... They left out a match. Yeah. So I can't even credit one of the wrestlers in it because I don't know his name. So we're sorry. Sorry about that. But there was one other wrestler in the match that uh, kind of surprised the entire audience. That person being Big Mike Elgin. Why don't you let the people know what Big Mike Elgin I, I is mean, like, notorious for at this I, point? I don't know the full story, but Big Mike is one of the few wrestlers right now that is caught up in the middle of uh, sexual abuse scandals. And it has to do something with his company, Glory Pro, which was a St. Louis company, or a St. Louis wrestling thing. Uh, that's actually where Naito's wrestling tomorrow. He's wrestling AR Fox, which... Uh, I know some of our listeners are going to be at Dalton. Enjoy it, brother. I think that's going to be a good <laughs> match. But um, something along the lines of... Uh, One of his workers for his promotion was accused of sexual assault? Was this uh, rape or sexual assault and Big Mike like calling the girl a slut? And defended this and guy. And defended the guy. Like yeah. it, it sounds like he defended a rapist. And he sounds like a piece of shit. And Okay, so, you know, we started now Say Something Nice, and my original wrestler that I was going to use for Say Something Nice, like, anytime I have to say a wrestler, I just don't understand the appeal. It's always been Big Mike. 
I have seen Big Mike wrestle a lot, and every time I see him live, I'm just like, man, it's a Big Mike match again. I just I don't get into it, but now I can't even say something nice about him. Yeah. I did, here's the thing. If you hadn't told me that, there was nothing about him that stood out to me. But he walked through that curtain. Because tonight's show, I don't know if we said this yet, was a mystery. Yeah. Uh, they announced Naito and Callahan. The show immediately sold out, and they said, you know what? It's a mystery show. You're not going to know who's coming on to this because it's already sold out. You're going to be here regardless. Why not keep it a surprise? Right. Uh, which I enjoyed. I thought that was nice because you don't know who's going to come That was pretty cool. The they should do that again. But it turns out sometimes a surprise isn't good. Yeah. Big Mike comes through. You, there was so much tension in that room. It wasn't the right kind of heat. No. Like the whole crowd is like chanting, you're like, you fucking rapist piece of shit and giving him the finger in a... You don't want that kind of heat as a wrestler. Well, it was like people weren't even paying attention to what was happening in the match. It was like they were turning to talk to everyone about what was going on. No fucking shit. There was a almost a fight in yeah. front of us. Forgot. Two guys, like, yeah. no joke, like, almost fought each other, getting in, like, a political, like, screaming match. Like an ethics argument like an ethics over ar- whether or not he should be there, you know, performing. And it was fucked up. Uh, like I actually just saw some pictures when I looked at uh, AAW, not AAW's Twitter, but the hashtag for the night, AAW Showdown. Right. And there were people that actually stood and put their back to the ring for the match, and they had to have known that this match was just fucked up. It was just a negative vibe, and it couldn't have ended soon enough. And thankfully, it ended it in like last, four minutes. Yeah, it didn't last very long. And it just and here's the thing. So it happens. That's that's what everyone's talking about. And then boom, dude, intermission. Oh yeah. That was the last fucking match before intermission. They cut that so that we all get to go stand around for 20 minutes and be like, that was fucked up. Yeah, I, I think you, you said you turned to me as soon as I went to intermission. I was like, and you're like, great. So this entire crowd is going to turn to the people around them and start talking about rape culture. And, and and I mean, not that we shouldn't be talking about that. No, but it's, but it's, a, weird, should... it's a weird thing to inject into the middle of that show. It's a, it's definitely not what you want at like a fun night out. Yeah. Uh like the conversation needs to be had, but 20 minutes in between the next match But you is shouldn't not be what... using it to get heat. And and you shouldn't. And I don't think that they were. Like I don't think they knew that the crowd was going to react like that, and I think the match ended early on purpose. Yeah, I think so because too. the crowd was the tension in that room was high. Can you imagine how embarrassing that was? Oh, I can't like it's embarrassing enough that AAW in their list of matches throughout the night left it out. They left it off Twitter. It is not on Twitter at all. Like I'm guessing when a DVD for that comes out that that match might be left off. I'm sure because it's only four minutes, so they're not cutting out much. But Big Mike left with his head down. Yeah, he like got the fuck out of there. Got the message. That was fucked up. And he fought Naito in Ohio uh, last night. On fr- so Naito came to the States for like three shows, uh, Ohio, Chicago, St. Louis, and he still fought Big Mike in Ohio. I don't get it. Like, I know Big Mike is probably the reason that Naito's even here. Right. Because they're both in New Japan. I don't know how much Naito even knows about all that. I mean, it's possible. I don't know. So we come out of the intermission. Which, we're down at that point. The crowd, like, the energy level has dropped. Like, morale is low. It's, it's kind of weird. You know what we forgot to mention during What's this that? whole thing is uh, Jimmy Jacobs came out. Yeah. Uh, they, did, they did an in-ring segment with ACH earlier in the show where they, you know, congratulated him for being the new AAW champion. The Chicago comedian Marty DeRosa. Yeah. Uh, came out to interview him. And surprise, Jimmy Jacobs shows up. 
Mr. Jacobs got a little heat. Jimmy Jacobs got some heat tonight, and uh, it was kind of surprising. I wasn't expecting him to be there. No, like, honestly, like, I he's somebody I don't even think about. I kind of forgot so that, he's back on the indie that scene. he was a possibility. Yeah. So he comes out, challenges ACH to a championship match that night, and he accepts, and uh, that's going to really be He really bad-mouthed the... ACH. Like, he, like, hit him hard where he's like, oh, fucking he's he like hit New him Japan back. kicked you out, Ring of Honor kicked you out, nobody wants you. Yeah. Everybody knows you're not that good. And ACH you know. said WWE fired you because you couldn't even be a writer. And yeah, it was. Are they going to fire you for being a bad wrestler tonight? Oh yeah, he did he say did. that. <laughs> yeah, no. So so they booked that match, and that's going to be the secondary main event under uh, Naito and Callahan. And Callahan. Uh, but we come out of. We come out of the intermission. We come out of the intermission for the AAW Heritage Championship uh, Championship match, which I guess is. What would you say, like the equivalent of like an intercontinental title yeah, it's for them? Clearly, their secondary belt. Yeah, it's like you know something just to throw Second in there. Tier. Yeah, but uh, it was a pretty good match. It was uh, Trevor Lee, the Carolina Caveman. Big fan of Trevor Lee's work. Uh, seen him a shit ton at at PWG, and you know if you're watching Impact, he's he's on there, and he'll always let you know it at an indie show. He'll always pull the announcer aside and like. He would like us to remind you that he He's is a an TNA M- superstar. <laughs> <laughs> and he went up against uh maybe my maybe my favorite act of the night was uh DJZ. I had never heard of this guy. Jesus. Dude comes to the ring. Picture <clears throat> Jericho's jacket. Jericho's jacket but mixed with body. like Naomi's the colorful <laughs> entrance and mixed with uh fucking what are the Daft Punk. Yeah, that was like <laughs> the Daft Punk robot thing going on. He comes to the ring. And anytime he hits a big spot in his match, he points back to the entrance and screams DJ. So and the, then, yeah, there's a balcony with the sound guys and like where the uh, like DeRosa and I don't know who their other guy on commentary is, but every time he points up there, it makes the uh, the, the DJ uh, the da da that sound and yeah. That was over with me. Oh, fuck, immediately. Every time he would do this one That was move, never he, not going to be funny. I was kind of sad that he only did it a, like a couple like four times. Because that's something that after I hit any move, if I had the <laughs> option of hitting that and just pointing at a guy. The funniest thing he could have done would have been a spot where the, the other guy hits a big move on him and he's down and he's crawling, but then he does it from like a prone position <laughs> like to, to motivate him. No, I just thought it was a great gimmick. I thought, it, And it was a good match, too. He could, he could really... He did some high spots there. Yeah. At one point, they were both up on the turnbuckle together, and he did like a like a head scissors. Yeah. Back into the ring. I like, mean, they kicked the shit out of each other. Yeah. Like uh, Trevor Lee, like they're both they were both just really good workers, and uh, they, like Trevor Lee didn't do my favorite move though. My favorite Trevor Lee move is he jumps up and gets both feet on your chest and just stomps you into the ground while you're in a standing position. Uh, so DJ's missing. so DJ Z comes into this match as the Heritage Champion. I think it surprised everybody. He walked out without that belt. Right. Mr. Trevor, Trevor Lee. Lee left with the belt. I think, yeah, I think that kind of, what well, we saw a title change tonight. Um, I think everyone was kind of caught off guard by it. But, okay, so after that, though, most uncomfortable thing of the night. Yeah. The, um, the besties come back out uh, after. Um, I don't even remember what they came out for. Well, the, the, the two. Uh, uh, cowboy motherfuckers. What, what were their names? Like Jeff something? Something. Jake something. Jake something. Jake something. I can't remember what the other guy's name was. The they rest. They wrestled the match um, against Colt, right? I'm looking through this, and 
Because I'm seeing like Kurt Stallion and Jake Jake Wayne Holmes. Yeah. But when, I guess when he first came out, uh, everybody in the crowd didn't know who he was, and it just became a thing where it's like, what's his name? I don't know. It's Jake something. <laughs> so so he changed his, his wrestling name to Jake something, but his name is Jake Wayne Holmes. And they came out and challenged the besties for the title. Yeah. And when these two motherfuckers came out, no joke, they said, isn't it awesome that Big Mike Elgin's here tonight? And like, they they just, they just addressed the elephant in the room directly. And the crowd just got silent again. But then when the besties came back out with, um, what was her, what'd you say her name was? Scarlet Bordeaux. Scarlet Bordeaux. <laughs> I feel embarrassed that you're just like, what's her name? You know her name. You know her name. You're in charge of her name. Uh, Cause it's not written on the Twitter. Uh, so they beat the shit out of the besties, and then after praising Elgin, beat the shit out of this woman. Yeah. And then leave. Like, I, I, Here's the thing. If, if, that ha- if Big Mike hadn't been there, wouldn't have thought anything of it. No, because we've talked about intergender wrestling, and that got huge heat on them. But the fact that they bring up a rapist, or not a rapist, but like a sexual assault, sexual assault character. So, somebody involved in the sexual assault game. Uh, Fuck. Like, there was just... That's the most tension I've ever had at a wrestling show. And then uh, Scarlet gets laid out. Pretty big. Like, they slammed her on... Oh, and then they put her in, like, a chokehold, and, like... It was honestly, like, kind of fucked up. It was a little bit fucked up. Especially just because of the big mic stuff. Yeah. But let's move on to one of the most wild matches of the night. Like, not, not even wild in a way that you're... Expecting Jimmy Jacobs versus ACH for the AAW title. Uh, first of all, Jimmy Jacobs comes out to uh, he comes out to Goodbye Horses. Yeah, you know from Silence of the Lambs. And I didn't realize that Jimmy Jacobs' gimmick is that he's the van. What is it? Zombie, the princess? zombie princess. The zombie princess. He is getting heat. Uh, that whole match, like he's getting you can't wrestle chance. Like just fuck not, you. Not well liked. And it's. And it's not a good kind of heat. Like, it's like people just genuinely just... Ugly. It's just like they don't want him there. They're like... You're, and honestly, the match wasn't super exciting. They went into a series of just chair spots where basically the focus of the match became how can we use this chair in different ways to hurt each other. And that was, just, that was the way it was for, it seemed like, what, five minutes? It felt like much longer yeah. than that. But you're right. Like, in the middle of the match, you kind of figured it out because we had been watching all these indie-style matches... Uh, where it's kind of really fast paced, a lot of big spots, a lot of good like big moves, and this was more of a main event style match. It was a slower paced match, and so <clears throat> we're sitting here watching this, and and Garrett turns to me at one point and he says, "I feel like the crowd's not into this match as much." Well, Jimmy Jacobs pulls off one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I don't, I don't even know how to. How do you how do you intro it? I don't know how you intro this. So so he does he does a spot. Jimmy does a spot where he flips over ACH and he lands on his feet. But as soon as he lands on his feet, he immediately collapses and screams "fuck" and rolls out of the ring and rolls over to the corner and then like rolls out on the mat. The ref comes over and checks on him, checks on him for a few seconds. Then he calls over the the ring announcer. And, like, gives him motions to him, like, it's done. Yeah, the match is, like, like, clearly Jimmy's hurt. Like, like, legit shoot hurt. 
Like they call ACH over. ACH, ACH is down on the on ground him. with Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, the crowd, like you could hear a fucking pen drop yeah, in that place. It's quiet in Logan Square Auditorium. Oh, also it's Jimmy Jacobs' birthday. Oh, yeah. I forgot. So he announced that it was his birthday. And he also announced that he was from Chicago now. Yeah. So now we don't know what is actually true. Yeah. It might have not even been his birthday. Maybe not. But so so he goes down. He's He's got an injury. He, like he's fucked up. And so they bring everyone out of the back. They bring out the promoter. They bring out a bunch of people, and they're helping him up on his feet. Like he's he's got some issue with his leg. Like he's fucked up. And I I turn to Garrett and I go, oh, I think this is like he's legit hurt. And they the match just kind of stops, and they start helping him away. And, and when he pops up, well, here's the thing. The, so the, the entire everyone in the room is sympathizing with him now. He goes from he goes from being like the most hated man in the room to everyone going. Well, this is he what just we broke wanted. his fucking leg on that's, his birthday. That's sad. Yeah, the whole like when he pops up from the floor though, tears. Yeah, actual tears are streaming down his face, and then he just puts his face in his hands, and then just smashes his fist on the ring. He's like, "God damn it, fuck!" Like, like he just knows that he's sustained like a, an injury that's going to keep him out for a long fucking time. Like we thought, like possibly like a career-ending thing, or just like a really just something up that's just going to fuck up the immediate future. And uh, so then you know he screams, "Fuck!" He's like throwing like a, like a temper tantrum as much as he can because he's not moving very well. The cameramen are confused. Yeah, like the. People from the back are starting to come out. Like uh, ACH is helping him up, and he is like he's having a hard time walking. Yeah, the whole crowd is now chanting Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah, I mean everything's turned. Everyone's you know just like hey, you know they're chanting for him, wanting him to get well soon, presumably. Because like even if you don't like a guy, like there's still a you point. don't want him there's, to be. You it's don't a want, show. You don't want anyone to be hurt, and you know you still have respect for anyone who steps in the ring, right? But motherfucker dun, dun, dun. Jimmy Jacobs turns and just punches ACH like lays him out throws him in the ring right motherfucker worked the whole room everybody everybody every single person anybody who says that they were in on it is fucking lying to you there had to have been three people in on that and it was ACH Jimmy Jacobs and the ref it was brilliantly executed and then, like, the match was just, like, immediately over. It was, like, Boom, he rolls ACH. him back in, ACH gives him a brain like a, buster onto the chair. And it's over. It's over. But that was one of the single greatest spots I have ever seen in a wrestling like, match. pulled off? Like, this successfully right. pulled off. Because the thing is, like, we're watching a match. The match kind of, like, I don't want to say it sucks. But, but it was slower pace. It was, like, a TV match. It was kind of boring. And then that happened, changed the whole dynamic of the room, got the whole fucking crowd to cheer him. Right. And then when everyone realized they had been worked, everyone was fucking pissed. Right. Nobody liked it. Oh, I can think of a couple people who immediately liked it. Me and you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Once I, because that's the thing, I'm still in that category of when you get me. I'm I'm happy that you got me. Work me, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's where good. I'm at. And I just was like, "Fuck!" Everything about it was executed perfectly. I my mind was fucked, and like I I, I don't know. ACH beats him, and you and I are just like, "Oh fuck!" I mean, I have to say though, that is like for real. I've been to a lot of wrestling. We've watched a lot of wrestling, and I've never seen that executed like that. I've never seen that happen. That would it. That's a spot that like pissed people off so much 
that after it was over, when I'm talking to people, I'm like, what about that Jimmy Jacobs thing? Like, that was stupid. That was, that was, I hated it. I was like, no, you hate it because they tricked you. They got you. Like, the, he, he pulled a magic trick on us. And it's a mean trick. Because it's, it's such a weird trick because he's taking us out of the show. So the show's over at yeah. that point. We went out of the show and to we're immediately. empathizing with the person. Yes. To back into the show. Right. <laughs> Love it. I, I love that shit. And, and to me, it's actually fair game. It's not even like it's necessarily like breaking kayfabe. And a, guy, a guy got hurt. Oh, legit I guess hurt in a match. For anyone that doesn't know, because I realize like we talk a lot about things, like everybody knows what we're talking about already. Jimmy Jacobs worked for the WWE. He was a writer. Uh, wrote a bunch of Derek's favorite shit right now. Yeah, a absolutely. bunch of your, everybody's favorite shit. He did all the Jericho Owen stuff. Festival of Friendship, The List. Yeah. He, he was really good. And... Uh, he ended up getting fired because when the Bucks and or the Elite did the invasion of Raw, Jimmy Jacobs went outside and took a picture with him and put it on Instagram. That was not well received. Immediately got fired. Yeah. Uh, but now he's back working the indies. He's back to wrestling again. Yeah, he was a wrestler before he was a writer. Stopped wrestling, did the writing, now he's back to wrestling. And then he blew my fucking mind tonight. Great spot. Jimmy Jacobs. He like, should be very proud of that. We like, saw, I don't feel like he's going to get enough. I mean, I get it. It's one indie show in an auditorium, whatever, but. but no, and I think we saw him outside after, and he looked bummed out. Like, he looked like he had a bad night, and I don't think he should, because he, like, to me, that, like, it was like he pulled off the heist of the century. I, I thought so, too. Like, I, I want to. I wish that he were here right now so I could give him a hug and just be like, hey, man, you, no one's ever done this to me. I just want... He should be proud. So, main event time. Main event. What, what everyone's there for, right? So, yeah, Naito versus Sammy Callahan. Brutal? Brutal. Uh, going into it, I told Derek, like, on the drive there, I actually said, man, there's going to be a lot of spitting in this match. <laughs> this is just two dudes that, that are going to... Sammy sp- Callahan just fucking spit on everything that dude has the most viscousy like just <laughs> slime thick slime and just named a slimer like if i found out that that dude was like actually a men in black alien inside of there surprised because like, that that shit isn't human <laughs> but uh the match like naito well, first of all, talk about how well naito was received naito looked like he was having the night of his life uh he like that the cheers he got i i did take some video of like him walking out We'll post those onto the Facebook page so that you can see. But, like, that dude looked just so happy to be received like that in a, from an American audience. Like, well, that's the other thing. Is is the New Japan, the, the way that wrestlers are received over there is a lot different based on your experience at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, it's a lot more polite and just, like, quieter entrances. And This uh, was just loud and rowdy. This was just, like, everybody was losing their fucking mind, and he still came out in the suit, still. took his time, and, like, Sammy's laying down on the ground board like, waiting while, while he's, like, unbuttoning everything. And, uh, damn, he... Yeah, like, it was, a, it was a pretty quick match. Like, I think I was expecting, like, a New Japan-style long match. It was, it was about 14 minutes. Yeah, it, it hit, like, 8 seconds under 15 minutes. Right, so the assumption there is that he agreed to do 15 minutes. That he agreed to do a 15-minute exactly. match and knew the exact moment that he needed to be done. Because it was, like, 14 minutes and 50 seconds, he hit his finisher, <laughs> and we're like, oh, this is done. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I mean, they beat the shit out of each other. It was the, a it was a hard hitting match. The crowd was chanting, "Please come back!" And um, he talked after, and he made it seem like he, he would. would. Yeah. Uh, and I have to imagine he got a pretty good payday for that. Well, I that's yeah. a long way to fly to do three indie shows in the states. 
Yeah, so I mean, the show wraps up. Everyone's in a pretty pretty ecstatic state because they just tore the house down. Fucking Nido, Nido, uh, and like, and the fact that Nido sold the place out when he was the only name attached to the show. Yeah, that's, that's well done by AEW on that. Yeah, that's a good get for them. And uh, honestly, just overall, two thumbs up on the show. Uh, I would go back to AAW if you uh, if you're in the area. Totally worth going to check out an AAW show. Um, they what? They usually do two to three shows a month. Oh, I thought they just did like one a month. Oh, I thought I well they got another one. Well, I guess if ACH won just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they just, but that would have been in January. I guess. Um, I don't know. I think because uh, I believe Metal I Dave mean? said that you get thirteen shows with the season pass. So there's like thirteen shows a year. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, solid totally shows. worth going. The venue was great. The crowd was great. Great wrestling fans there. Um, I would. I'm planning on going back. Yeah, I think uh, they're having an anniversary show next month, and they're gonna have Jushin Thunder Liker taking on. Do you remember who? I don't even remember who he was at, but uh, he he he's the draw for the next show. Yeah, and that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, this is something I want to do more of. Like, I'm really interested in going to different cities and doing your indie promotions. So if you're in a city that has an awesome indie promotion I need to know about, let me know because I'm actually very interested. I don't care where you're at. You're I taking wanna, yourself on tour? I want to I wanna go on a little tour for myself. I'll travel to your city. I'll go watch wrestling. <laughs> Let's hang out, man. Uh, let us know on the, the Twitters and the Instagram. and uh, What's up? Uh, we can do uh, Say Something Nice. Oh, damn. Uh, Were you not prepared for that? I wasn't prepared. Uh, do you got one? For me? Yeah. I feel like we said a lot of nice things tonight. Uh, we were, pretty positive. we're pretty positive. Um, Let's say I'll, something nice. I guess uh, to say something nice about somebody I have typically had a long history of talking shit on. I um, watched wrestling a lot through like 2003 to like 2006 and really got fed up with seeing Triple H be <laughs> Triple H. <laughs> Uh, a lot of world heavyweight title reigns that I just was not particularly fond of. Everything from his promos to his, I don't know. Not a big Triple H guy. But I'll give him the compliment that everyone else I'm about to give him. He's done some fucking amazing work with NXT. I think when he's not being a performer in the ring, I think he's got a great fucking wrestling mind. I think he understands how to book wrestling. I think he appreciates and respects professional wrestling. Um so in the, so in the words professional wrestling. Yeah, I like I, I emphasize that. And I think a big thing right now, 205 Live, since the last couple of weeks, I don't think we've really talked about that, has been... It's different. It's been stellar. Like, it's a show that I have not been paying attention to back to, like, I'm there now. Like, that's, uh, that's something I'm going to tune into every week. This tournament they're doing is good. Yeah. So I, I guess the guy, a guy I don't like that I'll say something nice about, Triple H... You're okay with me when it comes to NXT and uh <laughs> and the time and, you tore your quads was pretty cool. Like it shows that you're tough. I guess. <laughs> you and Nash can bond over that. What about you? Somebody you don't like. Damn, like I was gonna say, like this this uh, this segment basically originally was created to do this for Big Mike. But Big Mike fucked himself. Yeah, there's and, nothing he can and do. And fuck now. Big Mike. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. This is really hard. Um Shit. How about Alberto Del Rio? That's one that was going to make my list if he wasn't on yours. Yeah, I, I feel like there's definitely been times like 
uh, I was there. Oh yeah, he's just it's a, it, I kind of snooze with Alberto a little bit, and he's he's pretty scary. Uh, what do we gotta say? Nice. I, I know. <laughs> I was at I was at the Hell in a Cell where Taker and uh, Taker and Lesnar fought each other uh, in the cell. But the start of that show was Cena doing the open challenge, and Alberto Del Rio came out. We were all very uh, what? We we're just like, huh? I guess like I'm really like struggling right now to say something nice. Great physique. I like when he does that. He can. Oh, here's something nice. Uh, I can't do this, and he can. Um, Page. Was that it? No, I was just kidding. Wow, uh, uh, went there. Yeah, no. Um, he can do that whistle. He can do that really cool whistle. You know, like when he does like, like you know, like some people can put the two fingers in their yeah. mouth, but he can do that without That's the two fingers. He goes like, and then like does the, you know, spins his You're finger You're not even going to say he's a great worker. I like that whistle he does. Okay. I think it's a nice whistle. Can you do it? No, I can't. I think, here's the thing. I think Alberto Doria was about as exciting as watching paint dry. I think he's a great worker, but I think there's a certain guys that just, that's just not enough. But he has that really good whistle. Okay. So the whistle. Is his thing for you? I'm saying something nice about the guy. Well, there you go. I like his whistle. You met you met the minimum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us this week. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, follow us on the social media. Follow us at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter. Pre-de- at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we are Wrestle Hangout on Facebook. Yeah, we're getting a lot of getting a lot of likes on Facebook. And make sure you can add us uh, our private accounts on there as well. Uh, you can get in touch with Garrett at, at Gartet, and you can get in touch with me at, at Halloween Halpin. Uh, hit us up, message us at anything, and uh, if you could also do us a favor, if you get a chance and you're listening to this on iTunes, make sure to give us a rating and a review, and, and uh, so subscribe. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Yeah, tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Please let me know. Uh, the shows that are in your town that I need to check out. Let's get the fuck out of here. Hit my goddamn music. (laughs) 